It is Thursday Finance on 2NURFM. And uh, Stephen Pritchard, before we take a look at um, currencies and commodities and see how they're travelling, um, I believe if we're lucky, as motorists, we might get free registration from the state government. Well, the, the state government's announced that, that, that for people who spend more than a, a $1,000 a year on tollways, in, in going on tollways, predominantly in Sydney, of course, um, uh, the, um, the registration's going to be going to be free for those people from now on or from next year. I mean, this, this, this is a further example of the rest of the state subsidising Sydney. Why, why should people in Sydney be given free registration? Those tollways were built on the basis of the expectation of a user pay system. Um, the state government then, then sold them off to private enterprise. Now the people are complaining that the tolls are too much and the state government's not only ineffectively going to subsidise private enterprise as well. And up here and everywhere else in the rest of the state, we're not getting free registration. Well, why, why, why should we be giving free registration? Is the state government admitting that their user pay system doesn't work? Ah, that's a good question. I mean, why, why aren't we giving free registration, Jane? Well, we will if we travel down and pay enough tolls in Sydney, will we? <laughs> well, that, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and what about all the people in Sydney who don't use the tollways? Yes. You know, the tollways were built on a user pays. If you use the pay, if you use them, you pay for them. I mean, you know, it's another example of the government's half-thought-out you know, privatisation structure, which is why we're paying so much more for electricity. Oh, right. Okay, on to electricity. No, no, we aren't <laughs> Not we're right not, today. We're coming up. We don't want to feel sick because I got an electricity bill the other day. I see. Okay, well, let's look at commodities. They're not electricity. No, see they're how not they're travelling. So the, the gold price was $1,671 um, an ounce, which was up $24.50. Which was down twenty four dollars and fifty two cents from last week. Uh, the copper was eight thousand five hundred and sixty one dollars a ton, which was down three hundred and twenty seven dollars from last week. And the crude oil price was eighty dollars and ninety six, which was down almost two dollars from last week. Um, the U.S. dollar, uh, the Australian dollar against the U.S. dollar was was pretty much steady at seventy five point six two. The Great British Pound were up about one percent against that to 56.5 pence and the euro we were up about 1% to 64 euro cents um, the oil ordinary uh, compared to last week it was actually up a bit this morning but compared to last week um, it's pretty steady at 6,042 compared to 6,057 last week. Now we uh, have stayed above the 6,000 mark haven't we for a while a good Christmas present for people who invested in the share market if we want to sell if we want to sell, mm-hmm. if we do you want to sell, Jane? Oh, okay, of course, a major, other major crash, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the S and P five hundred, the S and P five hundred was pretty much steep compared to last week, two thousand six hundred twenty nine compared to two thousand six hundred forty seven, and the FTSE, which is a Financial Times share index, was seven thousand three hundred forty eight compared to seven thousand three hundred twenty six. So not a lot, a lot going on around in world equity markets. Mm. I think everyone's starting to wind down for Christmas. Yeah, I suppose that'll happen, won't Christmas it? Christmas functions are coming on quick and fast. Um, BHP, mm. some, a few local stocks that people are interested in, or a few stocks that people are interested in. Uh, BHP, $27.19 compared to $27.30 last week. Um, CBA, $78.60 compared to $79.43. So that's down about 1%. Um, Telstra, uh, $3.62. So that's gone up for the first time in a long time, 5.5%. 
and uh, NIB continues to go ahead about up another 20 cents to $6.82. And I suppose petrol prices are the next in diesel. Uh, the petrol prices was the was the same as last week at $1.35.1, um, so, and $1.38. 2.7 in Sydney, so it's marginally up in Sydney. So the holidays are coming up. Do you think it'll get to $1.50? <laughs> Don't even think about it. <laughs> as soon as it's mentioned, somebody might do it. Someone might do it. Uh, the diesel price, $1.34 a litre in Newcastle and $1.33 in Sydney. So the, the Christmas... Everyone's going to basically finish on the Friday this year, aren't they? Yes, that's yeah. right. The end of a week for the yeah. end of the beginning of the festivities. Yeah. festivities. Yeah. So you've got the double whammer there. You've got yeah. the weekend plus the holiday rates. Yes, indeed. Oh, it's 21 past 12 on 2NURFM Thursday Finance. And we're joined, as usual, by Henry Jennings from the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. Henry. Stephen, how are you? I'm good. I'm counting the weeks down now. Oh, yeah? I've got one more week yes. before, before I head overseas for a little while. Oh, where are you going? I'm going to London to see my mum. Okay. And I'm going to Austria to see my kids. Oh. So, well, you'll have a have white Christmas. You'll have a white Christmas in Austria, won't you? Uh, um, yeah, there's a lot of snow actually at the moment, which is fantastic. Excellent. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Take your skis. Oh, well. Well, I, my kids will be working in a ski shop in Austria, so I think we're covered in that respect. Well done. Well, I think we get some mates' rates from them. Oh, you'll have to give them some euros. Yes, I know, but yeah. it's so cheap. Yes. Um, yes. Compared to Australian skiing, oh, it would have to $178 be. $178 for a day at Parisha, really? Oh, no, no, no. You can't, you know, you can't get out of less than 5000 going down there, I reckon. Well, it's cheaper to go to Europe, to be yeah. honest. It's 310 yeah. euros for a 10-day pass. Yeah. That's mm. 500 bucks for 10 days skiing. That's right. Not 178 for one day. That's right. And then you've got the accommodation and the inflated food and the... Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's, $8 um, it's, for it's, a sausage roll and uh, things like and that. And given that airfares at the moment are so cheap, mm-hmm. it's just fantastic. Mm. Anyway. Anyway, so so so, so Amazon launched this week, and uh, yes. General Reports was an underwhelming launch. I have to say, it was a little underwhelming to say the least. The range wasn't that spectacular, and the prices certainly weren't spectacular, and the delivery options weren't spectacular. But you know what was really weird is that Amazon said it was their most successful launch in any of the countries they'd ever launched in, in terms of the amount of uh, stuff they sold. Which is, you know, so that was a fizzer for, uh, you know, we all thought it was a fizzer, but they thought it was uh, a pretty big success. Of course, you know, they're going to certainly amp things up over the next uh, few years and it will become a a major thing. But certainly the first day was a bit, yeah, was that it? Well, I I asked one of the girls at work and she said she went on there and had a look at the price of some makeup she recently bought and it was more expensive than what she bought in the shop. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, that's the problem, but... I mean, Amazon know how to discount, and they they mm. will do it. But um, certainly at the moment, it was a little underwhelming. But I guess you know, I guess maybe it's it's more of a soft launch than a hard launch. And maybe as time goes by, they'll get more aggressive on pricing and delivery options, and then we'll have Amazon Prime and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's it's going to happen. It's just obviously didn't happen with a big bang on day one. Mm. And so, what seems to have happened with a big bang down at Ariton Group? Well, they've gone big bang. Gone big bang? That's in the bag. Um, no one's buying the handbags anymore? 
they've gone into receivers, well, into administration. So um, they've done yet another strategic review yes. and decided that basically they're stuffed. Yes. Um, the, the problem with Origin is they never really recovered um, after they lost the Ralph Lauren um, distribution franchise. Um, and they tried to fill the hole with Gap. Oh, that's a good, good uh, pun. Yeah, um, and uh, a gap they also in the tried hole. to fill... That's <laughs> terrible, isn't it? Um, and they tried to fill the hole with uh, Brooks Brothers, but it really hasn't worked. And uh, yeah. I guess, you know, retailing is a tough game. And if you're trying to sell expensive, uh, high-priced leather goods, um, and you can get those on the Internet or you can get them from the U.S. or wherever, um, it's, it's very competitive out there. So Oriton, I think they're trying to sell the business to someone, but they're trying, they've been trying that for so long. So not good news for shareholders, that's for sure. Mm. And then Billabong, Billabong's received a takeover offer from Quicksilver, and the board says it's opportunistic. The usual, they would. The usual but, phrases. But they want to keep their jobs. Yes. Um, yeah, so the, um, so the guys at Quicksilver, which has got a sort of relationship, I guess, with, um, with Billabong and has done over the years, but they've made a bid, which is, I mean, it's, it's good news, but, you know, Billabong's been languishing for some time, um, and we've discussed uh, Billabong before in terms of how. Yep. Longer cool yeah, yeah. For the surf kids. Except if um, you're wearing it, Henry. Except if you're Henry. No, no, I'm sure my son felt, felt exactly the same way when he saw me wandering around in Billabong. He immediately started buying other stuff. So okay. um, they've, they've had their problems. Maybe this is the answer, but certainly, you know, the, the, the game is to say, you know, it's inadequate, it's opportunistic, and please pay us another 10% and make sure that we're looked after in the afterlife and, uh, and everything will be sweet. So um, at least it's uh, it, at least it's a long way up. So they did touch 50 cents at one stage, and they're back up to 92 cents. I think the bid's around a dollar. Um, so there's obviously a little bit of scepticism, but um, we shall see. And uh, down at the vacuum cleaner, King Godfrey. This that, is weird, eh? Yeah, yeah. Some Mexican fund managers bought 5.6% of them. I know. It, I, I, I was. Um, it's a very strange thing. Uh, Guadalajara fund managers or somebody. It's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Um, and it's um, they, they obviously see value in Godfrey's. I don't, I don't know why you would possibly see any value in a business that solely sells um, vacuum cleaners, but they, they do. They bought 5.6. They bought. Uh, they splashed out a lot of money. Um, it's it's extraordinary. And Godfrey's has just been an absolute dog of a stock. Mm. Um, you know, it's just not not really very exciting, is it? So yeah, yeah. I don't know why. What would possess a Mexican fund manager to buy a vacuum cleaner business in Australia? It's just bizarre. That is bizarre, bizarre, isn't it? There there must be something else happening here. They must be doing something. I I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it's... They might want to export vacuum cleaners to Mexico or something. Maybe they need something to hoover up all the drug money. Yeah, could be right. We've got um, uh, Waddle Health is another player in the infant formula markets uh, going to do something with Priceline so they can increase their credibility in China. It all all seems very complex to me. Well, Chinese market is you've got to have a trusted product in Australia, so you've got to be able to be um, selling your stuff here. So Waddle Health have done this deal um, where they're going to be putting their infant formula, um, IF as it's, it's called, onto the shelves of Priceline and Sol Patterson Chemists, um, which is good. So the, the more kind of exposure and brand recognition they get here, um, then that obviously plays into that Chinese market when they either when they come here as tourists and stuff their suitcases full of uh, the white powder. Um, or uh, or the daigus that um, actually um, 
that uh, send it over there. And there's a company here called AU8, which is a Daigu company, which we've put into our small stock portfolio. It, we put in a 35 to 81 cents now. Oh. It's, and these guys just have a, um, a chain of, uh, of shops near um, Chinese populations, and they basically sell health and beauty and infant formula and all this sort of stuff. And they then they package it up specially so that you can uh, export it back to, uh, to China. And they're obviously doing very well at the moment because the stock's gone mm. bananas. There's five million traded today as well. So they're yeah, doing very well. It's a different white powder from the Mexico one, though, isn't it? It is a different white powder to the one in Mexico, yes, Stephen. Oh, so I think we need to make that clear. We need to make that clear, yes. Yes. <laughs> and then and CSL's, CSL, CSL's a wonderful stock, isn't it, Henry? CSL's going to spend a billion dollars proving up potential drugs for the next five years. Yeah. You know, if that goes as well in the next five years as in the last five years, we'll all be extremely wealthy. Well, yeah, I mean, CSL is one of those stocks that I think everybody should probably own in their portfolio, and it is, it's done extraordinarily well. Um, and, it, you know, it's not just a... Um, a blood product company that they, they really are a, a very successful biotech company and they they um they said that they're going to spend i think it's 550 million us on phase three trials now phase three trials are the expensive ones um they're the ones that you have to get lots of patients after mm-hmm. the phase one and phase two which says you know it doesn't kill anyone and then it does some good and then they go to phase three to try and prove that it does a lot of good um and they've got a um a secondary heart attack thing that they're trying to bring to market which would be fantastic but you know it takes a couple of years for these trials but you know the pipeline is full for csl and the outlook looks pretty rosy and the stock just had a bit of a wobble i think um after they said that we're going to spend a billion dollars on um on r&d and people go oh i don't want you to spend a billion dollars but you've got to keep that pipeline coming uh, with good products otherwise you, your growth is going to be killed at some stage because it the generics get you or your competitors get you so it's it's a class australian story csl and you should all the, all the listeners should probably at least own a little bit of it oh yeah we, we said that before i remember saying that before when we were around about to. 100 or something yeah i'm australian not too Stephen. that's right yeah, that's right. Mm. You could do worse than buy that CSL. Exactly. Uh, and then AWE. So there's another game going on down at AWE with the Chinese. Oh, you have to feel sorry for AWE shareholders. They've had three bids now in the past few years. Yeah. They saw off the first two, and they had a Chinese government-backed uh, company approach them with, um, I think it was an 85-cent bid, and everyone seemed kind of happy. And then, But the Chinese didn't um, seem that happy that AWE had actually made it public. Um, they were kind of trying to do due diligence, I think, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in a in a fit of um, a fit of stomping up and down like a little toddler, <laughs> they said, "Right, that's it. We're not going to we're not going to bid anymore." So they walked away, and it was it was only on the table for about two or three days. So it's kind of bizarre. You don't normally get that sort of no. happening, but um, mm. but there are some bizarre things happening in the world at the moment. I mean, that's you've only got to think about Bitcoin, which went through thirteen thousand mm. last night. Oh, did it? today? $13,000. That's all going to end in tears. Well, everyone, I've been, I think I've been saying that since it was 5000 Yeah, well, And now it's 13000 well, how, how much did tulip bulbs get to be? In, yeah, well, that, well that, I think this is the, the tulips for the millennials. Or, yeah. um, actually, we were talking about it in the office the other day, it's a bit like the Poseidon boom in the 60s yeah. and early in the late 60s. Um, every, I think every generation has their, um, their bubble. We had uh, maybe the uh, dot-com boom of the early uh, century was was kind of our bubble, um, but Bitcoin is just extraordinary. Having said that, you know what, Stephen? The big announcement today, the ASX is doing away with the chess system and replacing it with 
um, basically blockchain. Okay. Distributed ledger um, technology, which is basically blockchain. So to do away with chess and, and adopt a, a, a blockchain, I mean, it's not happening overnight. Um, it's happening next year and on a timetable yet to be decided. But that's a pretty big endorsement of one of the world's uh, you know, great stock exchanges, I guess, that they're going to move to blockchain. Mm. So watch this space. Bitcoin could go to 20,000. Um, could. Good. Okay. Amazing stuff. And then go to zero. Uh, well, isn't that what happened to the tulips and the Poseidons? Didn't the people wake up one night from Poseidon and go to bed? It was yep. 280 and the next day it was 140 or something. Yeah. And then yep. dropped dramatically down to receivership. Yeah. There, there's, there's, there's many corpses along the way in these bubbles, but um, enjoy it while it lasts, I guess. Yes. So, crazy so, stuff. So Westpac's going, Westpac's going to tip some more money into their insurance company while all the other big four banks are exiting insurance. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Maybe this is their, their kind of point of difference, but most of the big banks are trying desperately hard to get out of wealth management um, and insurance. And, of course, Com, ComBank have had all the problems with ComInsure, um, which hasn't been a great look from a PR perspective. So, um, you know, Westpac is, is grasping the nettle and, and maybe there is an opportunity there as everyone else gets out that they can uh, ramp it up. But it does come with risks, especially given that uh, you know, we've got a lovely Royal Commission about to, uh, to kick off for the banks where uh, stones will be uh, unturned and, and cockroaches will no doubt come out from time to time. I'm sure that's going to be the case. And sure down at TPG, um, the uh, shareholders voted the remuneration report down. <laughs> yeah, I love this. That was the first strike. So you can have three strikes and then you're out. But they, no one really ever gets to strike three. It's very rare that the board gets spilt in a strike three. So, uh, so yeah, certainly the, the TPG guys are on notice. And given the share price performance, you would imagine so. What I find weird um, is that every time TPG makes the papers, David Teo, who is the, the, the genius behind TPG, they put a picture of him in the paper. And it's always the same picture. It's always him getting in a car. The same car, the same picture. But, but they've only it, got one, haven't they? I, it appears that the newspapers have only got one photo of David yeah. Teo. And he, he's such a reclusive kind of guy. He's done an amazing job building up that business. And, of course, we've had serious headwinds in the telecom sector for some time now, especially with the NBN and TPG are now investing in the mobile network. And they're going, you know, they're trying to uh, take some of Telstra's business. So it's a very competitive business now. And we won't start on the NBN, will we, Stephen? Because no, that, uh, no, that'll no, get us no. both fired up. No, we're, but, getting, uh, uh, we're getting close to Christmas. I'm trying to avoid things that get me upset, Henry. Well, I'll I, I tell you what I heard on the radio the other day. It was there was a works. mobile provider. <laughs> There's a mobile provider now that's giving you 80 gigs of data a month. I think it was for 80 bucks. Oh. Now, that's, that's pretty sexy uh, data allowance. Yeah. Um, and if, if you put 5G with 80 gigs of data, that's um, good night NBN. We won't have to discuss it. We won't have to even talk to Telstra. Uh, yeah, That'd be to good. to Telstra. Oh, I've had enough of them too. Yeah, I bet you have. <laughs> have you? Uh, no, I don't. I try to avoid Telstra yeah. like the plague. Yeah, well, it's very rare you can actually speak to someone after you push yeah. all the buttons. You're still left on hold for an hour. But I have my same fun and games with Vocus and the, and the, and the uh, commander communications people, which are equally as hopeless. I have to admit, the Vocus cable we've got at work so far has worked fine. Really? Yeah. It got okay. hooked up. Well, you, you've, done, you've done well, my friend. 
Yeah, yeah, well, it's the Vegas. It's on the Al Mexton network, apparently, which apparently was well built for 800 men and sold to various people at the last price, I think, was 40. Right. Uh, oh, well, you, you have done well then. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, I can't say much about my MBN connection at home, though. No, no, mine at home is awful. Yeah. Mm. Okay, Henry. Anyway. And we've still got a week to give a gift. So can you subscribe for someone else for, for, for Marcus today? Yeah, not only that, we've started doing some education packages with my, my boss, Marcus, um, who's going to be um, teaching youngsters about um, the market and oldsters as well about the market. And you can actually gift a kind of uh, your grandchildren or your son or your daughter or whatever the gift of financial education. So you can go to the website at marcustoday.com and, uh, .au and, and just gift that to um, your loved ones, which is, you know... Oh, that's a good idea. It's got to be better than... Uh, Okay, thanks, Henry. <laughs> Thank thanks, Stephen. I'll talk to you next week. Thank Bye. you, Henry Jennings uh, from the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter and our market update. Good time to think about things that might be worthwhile doing over the Christmas break. Well, of course, there's a number of things that are worthwhile doing, but after Christmas Day and you're just lying there by tied in the pool with, uh, in your case, a bottle of uh, some kind of champagne or something, Jane? Oh, well, of course, yeah. yes. Um, it's not a bad time. That's to... in the pool, isn't it? In the pool. Uh, it could be messy. Um, although they've got these huge floaty things, I saw it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad time to think about reviewing your investment portfolio and, and having a look at what you've got there. Um, um, so... Um, First of all, I think you need to look at is, is look where your assets are and, and, and you know, it's how they've actually been allocated. Um, you know, what have you got in cash? What have you got in fixed interest, shares and, and property? And, and do these kind of um, equivalent to the risk you want to take and, and the returns you're looking to generate? And we basically say, as a rule of thumb, a balanced portfolio should have 50% in um, income assets, which is your cash and fixed interest, and 50% in your shares and property. So that that's probably a st- your growth asset. So that's probably a starting point for you. So you need to have a look at that. Um, and the other thing you need to look at is, and, and this is one of the things that a lot of people forget about, is um, the diversification of the portfolio. The first step is to look at you know, your asset classes and you've got some cash and fixed interest and stuff there. And then look at the, how the portfolio is diversified. So the first thing you need to look at is is that particularly, so in a, a shares, is, is is the property, is the portfolio um, all in bank stocks or is it all in um, mining stocks? So what you need to look is this, there's about 20 sectors on the ASX and you can easily find the sector codes. So you look first thing you need to do is look at making sure the portfolio is diversified across the various um, sectors. So you've got some banks, you've got some telcos, you've got some retail. And it's not uncommon for someone to come in and see us and they've got CBA, Telstra and Woolworths because they've all come from the privatisations. And as what you've seen in the last short time, uh, Woolworths has dropped from the high 30s to the low 20s, which is now recovering. Telstra was up nine dollars and down to three dollars fifty and cba well cba is still quite high for anyone bought that um but it has come back so you need to look at first of all making sure you're diversified across all the sectors and you're not just in three i mean as csl we spoke to earlier that's done very well and then you need to look at your weighting of the individual stocks right and uh, how do you actually assess the weightings well 
we we generally say that we generally say that 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 um, to put about five percent as a rule of thumb in each holding. So therefore, you you end up with a portfolio of about twenty. Five um, percent's not too much if something goes wrong, um, and, and it's not too big a portfolio that you can't keep an eye on it. So we kind of look at a rule of thumb of an average top weighting of five percent. And then that will change, won't it? If, uh, if say, CSL is in your portfolio and it goes up mightily, that's going to be... That's right. And that's why you need to read. That's why you need to, to look at the portfolio because you're going to have winners and you're going to have losers. And, 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 and yes, yes, you can stay with CSL and, you know, it might turn out that it's, it's done very well in the past. We might spend a billion on these new developments in drugs and nothing comes of it and then the share price will fall so shares don't keep don't fall in love with uh with it with it with a share <laughs> keep your distance keep your, keep, no but seriously you made a valid point you need to take some money off the table basically Mm. You know? mm. And similarly, things that you've bought into that have that have gone bad uh, for various reasons. Uh, you know, you might be in a mining stock, and the, the government has decided that we're not going to mine any more of that in Australia. We're not going to export it for some political reason, um, or we're going to restrict. Um, uranium was a good example. We're going to restrict the amount of export. The share price may fall, and then you might think, well, there's no future in that. We'll we'll need to exit that, and and don't be afraid of taking a loss. A lot of people. You know, I've bought something, and, and and you know, it's dropped money, but they won't sell. Mm. They won't they've sell. fallen in love with uh, it. They've <laughs> fallen in love with it. And Stephen Pritchard, it's still Thursday Finance, and we're looking at things we can do with our investment. Yeah, we, we're talking about you know, you've got a you've got a share that you've bought, or some other investment that you've bought, even a property, um, and, and it's you know, it hasn't worked out as expected, and you keep holding it because you don't want to take a loss. Well, the thing you need to remember is that you need to focus on where you want to go, and not where you've been. And if you keep you need to draw a line in the sand, sell the thing, and look for something better. I mean, there's this opportunity cost of holding this this dud investment, and and you know you're always going to make these mistakes. Mm. Everyone makes these mistakes, and you never know when it's going to go back up again, or if. Oh, if mm. it tends never to go back up in my okay. experience. <laughs> now all these things, and they never go back up. Mm. Um, mm. You know, you, you, I mean, I'm talking about you know things like wars will go back up, they'll recover, but. But I'm not so sure about Telstra. I'm not mm. so sure about Telstra. I mean, you know, the service is getting worse. You've got the MD on the television. He seems to be completely out of touch with reality, saying how the service is getting better. It's worse, mm. you know. Mm. So I'm not sure, so sure about that. You know, CBA is going to be fine. Um, and the other thing you need to think about is you need to do a bit of tax planning here. So if we talked about... Um, and this is another reason why you should sell your, your, your so-called dud investments. Um, if, we've, if we've got, you know, we've, we've put our 5% in, in CSL and it's done very well for us and, you, you know, it's now at 20% of the portfolio and you're thinking, well, you know, I'm getting a lot of risk in the one sector. I want to sell some of that, but I've got to pay a lot of tax on that. Mm-hmm. So then you need to look around. This is when you need to think about, this is give you a reason to sell your dud investments. Well, I've lost some money on this. If I sell the CSL, I've got to pay the tax. But if I sell this dud investment, that I've made over here and it doesn't even you know it could be an investment property or something else as long as it's in the same financial year um, you can offset that tax bill you've got to pay with uh, with the with the loss the on loss the, you on made, the data. so loss. if that makes you feel a bit better that's fine now 
the game, you have to have those losses in the year that you make the gain, but you can have realised the losses the previous year and the gain in the following year, but you can't do it the other way around. Okay. So you can sell the data investment, you know, mm. it's a investment property, you could sell that this year and then you might realise the gain in your other shares or your other assets or your house you want to sell next year. So you need to do a bit of, a bit of tax planning. Thinking. The ta- mm. Tax shouldn't be the, the, the basis of the investment decision, but it should be taken into account because just by making a few simple changes, you can radically cut your tax bill. And that's always a good thing. Isn't that some famous Australian said that the government's not doing so well with the money that you'd be mad to want to pay extra? <laughs> Somebody did. Something like yes. that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's something for us to do something over for you the to Christmas do when break. You're, when you're sipping your pina yes, coladas indeed. or something so by the pool. Thank you. Stephen Pritchard, it is... Um, Thursday Finance for today. We'll be back next week on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.